NBC Sports Radio, AM 1060, KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. You're listening to the Casual Sports Show on NBC Sports Radio, AM 1060. This show exclusively known as the voice of the Arizona Cardinals fan club, The Bird Gang. Now with your host, Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual E. Bird Gang on three. One, two, three. Bird Gang. To join the conversation, dial 602-260-1060. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. And boy, was I wrong on that one big time. Uh, I'm sitting here taking egg off my face and crow out of the back of my throat because I've been eating it. Philadelphia Eagles went out there and took care of business and shut us all up um, in this sports industry because I'm pretty sure it was 80% or more going for those Patriots just because of who they were. But you're listening to the Casual Sports Show. We don't be right on every single thing. It's just a man's opinion, and that's okay. This show is the voice of the Bird Gang, though. That would be all the time. And the Bird Gang can reach out to the show and get whatever they want out on the airwaves that they have going on with their clubs. You want to be involved with the show? Bird Gang, hit us up on our two Facebook pages at Casual Sports and Earl Burnett on Facebook. Or you can go to casual underscore e on twitter and of course we put articles up on our website every week check it out www.casualsports.com and you can leave us comments and just hashtag your bird gang club so we give you the props for your comments if you missed the show you can also listen to it at your own leisure at www.nbcsports1060.com and that's how you listen live as well. If you're not listening on your radio in the car or wherever you listen to radio at. Props out to crew into the glass. Wonderful show last week. I, y'all don't never hear her voice. Y'all just hear the word. Y'all just hear crew, crew, crew. It's not five or six people again on that. Not five or six people uh, behind that glass. It's just one person. That's crew. She, she, she's back there. So say hello to the bird gang crew. Let them know you back there. Hi, everyone. <laughs> All right. Got to give her some props. She does, a, she does a very good job on the show. And um, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, everybody always hear me say crew, crew. And they're like, oh, you got more than one person back there. There's a lot of buttons back there. Yeah, no, it's just one person, though. And she does a uh, tremendous job on the show. So what we're going to show, we got on tap for the show today. We got, of course, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, and more Super Bowl pretty much. For the show today, it's going to fly by pretty fast and a lot of information out there from the game because it was a pretty darn good game from an offensive standpoint. And uh, we got the bird game huddle coming up. We got, of course, the highlights of the Super Bowl. Um, We got uh, going on to talk a little bit about free agency of Alex Smith signing and Kirk Cousins, where he's going to be going or where he should be going and his contract situation. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame class. A dynamic class was put together, and they finally got it right. So we're going to uh, talk about that as well. And, of course, if we can fit some more Cardinal quarterback issues in there, we'll try to fit that into the show as well. 
But in the meantime, we're going to do what we normally do around this time. We're going to get right into the Bird Gang huddle. So let's go ahead and huddle up. Okay, Bird Gang Club, it's time to get in the Bird Gang huddle. Give me some protection right here now. We got a touchdown. Bird Gang on three. One, two, three. Bird Gang. Now that we got the offseason going on, Bird Gang, it's going to be less events going on, but at the same time, preparing for next season's exciting season coming up. And there's a lot of things going on in the Bird Gang. One thing I want to say about the Bird Gang is this avenue for your voice, Bird Gang, is for all Bird Gang. It's not exclusive just for one club or one independent. It's all the Bird Gang. You want to do something positive? This is your place to do it. AZ, Bird Gang fam, my boy Valentine Flores is continuing to let it be known that March, he hasn't come up with a date yet, but March is going to be the sign-up for the Bird Gang fam club, AZ Bird Gang fam club. He's going to have the event, a signing of the Cardinal players going to come out and sign autographs for you Bird Gang. The first 50 gets in free and gets his signed ticket. And of course, Valentin has worked out all kinds of things that's going to be happening for that uh, event. And for you as a member, it's not just being part of a bird gang club. You have all kinds of things he's working on to get you memorabilia, prices on uh, things that you can get discounts on, and, and many other things. So keep that in mind, bird gang. Be, be, be part of that event that's coming out and keep your ears and eyes open for the date. Valentin Flores, hook him up, look him up on valentine flores on facebook or of course you know to go to az bird gang fam and once again thanks again for the fat the flag again bro it was it's in my man cave right now so also want to give props again ladies out there if you're looking for an excellent doctor and you're having a pregnancy you're going through or you have any of those lady issues out there the doctor to go to is the valley o-b-g-y-n they're the best in the in Arizona. They are located in Scottsdale. This is by far the best OBGYN office in Arizona. These doctors are very knowledgeable and they are a very good staff and they treat you just like families and they'll make you feel right at home if you come out there. For more information about the best OBGYN office in Arizona located in Scottsdale at 3501 South Scottsdale Road again. 3501 South Scottsdale Road. You give them a call at 480-945-6583. 480-945-6583. And again, the Casual Sports Show will be on hand for all these events that are coming up from the Bird Gang. That's the clubs and independents that are representing in the Casual House. And we're going to go ahead and break this huddle, and we're going to keep this Super Bowl show rolling. Bird gang on three. One, two, three. Bird gang. All right. So, again, like I said, I was definitely, definitely, definitely wrong, 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 wrong on my prediction on the Super Bowl. And when I was wrong this time, I mean, I was way off. I thought it was going to be a blowout New England style, but it was a blowout of offense over defense because it <laughs> – 41 to 33 that would that's a heck of a game right there offensively but uh I thought it was an arena football game broke out because it seemed like every team both team was past that 50 yard line I thought the field was only 50 yards it's like they were there the whole game so but when it was all over um I thought for sure the Patriots would be on top but uh it came out a pretty good game 
And they, you know, when they when they when the Patriots scored that uh, three straight possessions in the second half, coming out of halftime, I thought, here we go. But the Eagles hung right there and went back back and forth with them. So it was a pretty good game when you when it, when it, when it came down to it and started watching it. It was it just got exciting after that. I was just like, okay, the, the last man standing, whoever's going to have the ball last, is going to be the one <laughs> going to be the one to win this game. But props to uh, Nick Foles playing a hell of a game like, looking like Joe Montana out there darn near perfect um didn't expect that either so yeah like I said definitely 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 was wrong on on this one and we're going to pick back up on this when we get out of the break and we're going to talk a lot and break this game down and uh, a lot of interesting things that, are, that came out of this game too that we're going to break down as far as players and what happened to some certain players and um, a lot to go, a lot to talk about. So let's let Marvin tell us where we're going to be going right now, and we will get right back to you, Bird Gang. We're going to take a little break, but we'll be back in a while, so uh, don't nobody go nowhere. Rough Friday night? We've all been there. Jumpstart your weekend by tuning in to the Sports Hangover, Saturday mornings from 8 to 10, only on NBC Sports Radio AM 1060. It's now time to jump back into the action with Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual E, on the Casual Sports Show on NBC Sports Radio, AM 1060. To be a part of the show, call and interact at 602-260-1060. Let's play action. Going for it all into the end zone, and it is caught. Alshon Jeffrey for the touchdown. The former Bear, 34 yards and a touchdown. Meanwhile, third down and five here. And now you got to flip back here to Danny Amendola, who throws, and it's Brady who can't haul it in. As Eric Blunt swings to the outside, inside the 10, Blunt to the end zone, behind a select block. His 11th career postseason TD. Cole left side, James White. Inside the 10, takes it to the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. And they're going to snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles, touchdown. And there's the old basketball player. They talk about Nick Foles. He's more comfortable playing quarterback like a point guard, and here he is receiving the pass that is going to be shown a billion times. Four man rush, and then it's caught. Gronkowski for the touchdown. Third down and six. That line does a good job. The pass into the end zone, and it is Corey Clement. Yes, touchdown. Play fake on first down. To the end zone, caught. Touchdown, Hogan. And Brady lost one for Gronkowski, reaching for it, touchdown. They look unstoppable right now. Fourth quarter. And they go for it. And Foles under pressure throws, caught just enough for the first down. Zach Ertz, forward progress, nets him the first. 
Four-man rush. Full slash caught over the middle. To the 22 goes Nelson Aguilar. Another first down. Down is seven from the 12. Backwards out wide, one-on-one. Clears that to the right. Caught over the middle and into the end zone. Zach Ertz for the touchdown. And again, all you can think back to now is the Jesse James play with Pittsburgh. Does he complete the process? I don't know. This is the deck in the two. Well, Randy gets hit. The ball is out. And Philadelphia has it. Derek Barnett comes away with it. Brandon Graham was one of the guys who got in there. No question, that ball is out. Nevada to snap it. Donnie Jones to hold it. It is good, big time. Jam him with the line of scrimmage. I would not let him run freely off this ball. Brady under pressure. Escapes the sack. Launching one for the end zone. It's a jump ball and it's incomplete. And Grock was there. And time runs out. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Finally. Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Sounds kind of weird, but that was a good game. Exciting offensive battle going back and forth between Nick Foles and Tom Brady. Who would have thought? But going back and looking at that game, and as my prediction went down the tubes, I started to get excited thinking about that my uh, breakdown of last week's game. Oh, not my breakdown, but my prediction as far as what would it take to beat New England, even though I didn't think the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be able to do it. I did come back and say that the way you're going to end up beating them is keeping your foot on the pedal. And I have to give props and much, much, much love to Doug Peterson for the, the, the coaching job he did in that game. I mean, I'm sitting there just, just like, wow, this is exactly what I, the blueprint to beating the New England Patriots in this game. He came right out there and did exactly that. He had his foot on the pedal from start to finish. He did not let up. That fourth and two trick play to Nick Foles just proved it right there. He was coming to win the game. And it was a very brilliant call, the call of the game. I know the defensive play was the play that decided it, but the call of the game that set the tone that we're not going to play conservative football was that play on fourth and two at the goal line. It's like, that was amazing. And the play call was was perfect. And he knew exactly what play he was going to play, what he was going to run for that situation. And that's what I said last week. I said it. I said, to beat this team, you better have another game plan when you got your foot on their neck. And he his game plan was to keep on the throttle. And he did not let up. Later in that game, in the, there was like in the fourth quarter with five minutes and 35 seconds left to play on a fourth and one. On his own 45-yard line, you think he was punting that ball back to Brady after they were scoring three straight possessions? Nope. He went for it, and they got it. They, 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 they continued to go for it. They continued to stay on the throttle and, and, and stay aggressive. So I was really like, wow, that, is, that's, that, was the, the, that was my night that made my night watching that game. was. I think I might have said it a thousand times. I love this guy. <laughs> I love this guy. 
because he he just he just went all out for it, and that's the way you got to beat that team because they 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 own that game. And like I said last week, to beat them, you can't get too happy, can't can't be too up, too down, or too low. You got to you got to be just on the throttle and just keep attacking, and that's what they did. And I would definitely like to say too for that for 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 Doug Peterson, it's like for me, it's like he taught he was kind of teaching his his mentor a lesson in this dang game. His mentor, who he learned from under coach Andy, Andy conservative Reed. I'm pretty sure he taught him a few things or two of how to put your foot on a team and finish him. So props to Doug Peterson. And, uh, I love it. I love how it, I, 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 if new England should end up in there again, which it's definitely could be possible, but somebody throw the blueprint down of how to stay in a game with them. But it wasn't a defensive game. Of course, we know that it was one one defensive play that ended the game, that decided the game. But, man, where was the defense at in that game throughout? I mean, it's like, wow, did any of the defenses show up to play? I thought I thought for sure, I thought for sure at least the Eagles' defense would be a lot better than that. But, wow, New England, Tom Brady, even in a losing cause, put up 505 on him. I'm like, whew, that was running the better performances in the Super Bowl ever but happens to be in a losing situation. 28 out of 48 for 505 and three touchdowns. That's that's MVP, which he is, the MVP of the league, and that's MVP of the Super Bowl if you win that game for sure. But the talk of the town, of course, is 2-1 backup quarterback Nick Foles. I mean, this guy must have. I don't know what regiment he sent himself through to be that calm in that big game, in that big moment. He was as calm and cool as cool can be. I mean, I, I, ain't, I don't think I've seen a quarterback that calm since Montana. This guy went in there and just carved up that defense. I mean, literally carved him up. <laughs> it's like, wow. And uh, his postseason has been in, impressive. His his whole postseason, 971 yards and six touchdowns and one pick. And the one pick just happened to be in that game, and it wasn't his fault. That was a pick that his receiver was trying to make a fantastic play with one arm. He caught it with one arm, and then it squeezed out of his arm, and he tapped it while falling back, and he tapped it to the guy. So it wasn't like Nick threw that interception off of a bad throw. It was a good throw, perfect, right on time, right on money. And uh, Jeffries just tried to make a spectacular play on it. But 971 yards, six touchdowns, and one INT, a 72.6 completion rate. This guy played like a all-star in this whole postseason. So, I mean, his third down passing in the game or in, I mean, for the, for the postseason passing is 21 out of 25. That is just incredible. This guy, I mean, he, he was, he was amazing. I I didn't, when the game started and he started playing on that first drive, I didn't even recognize. I said, who is, I kept saying, who is this guy? You know, that's not the Nick Foles. I know uh, that I'm used to seeing, but then again, he did put some good stuff on tape like that. His first year with, or the first time Chip Kelly came and they put that season together and he had an MV, he had a Pro Bowl season. Kind of looked a little bit more like that, but just a little bit better. He was awesome. So now let all of the Nick Foles to, to, to the Cardinals talk start, of course, because the guy put some 
stuff on tape that I don't think any team can ignore right now. I mean, that to go in a Super Bowl, your first Super Bowl, let's just even go back, your playoffs to win the way you've won and then get into the biggest game of your life and play lights out calm like that is I mean, that sounds like an a uh, 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 number one quarterback of first of all and it sounds like a star you would go ahead and put your money down on if we can have that Nick Foles I would not mind having him here in Arizona so I know the Cardinal faithful are going to put down what they believe what what, what what should go on with him but you got to be crazy as an owner not to even consider consider you know what those numbers would look like for a quarterback that you know now you can't say he can't win the big one this guy went in there and won the biggest game ever and he did it in a fashion that only the superstars can do so props to Nick Foles now he's gonna get paid let's hope that he can do that same play that same way for whatever whatever team that he gets put on or wherever he goes to or maybe he's still be in Philly we don't know but it's a lot of things that got to have to go down to go right for him as far as him being a starter in the league. So, but he put a lot on tape that's going to give a lot of people some things to think about. But uh as far as being an Arizona Cardinal, I will I I would <laughs> I would I would uh consider that. Um definitely consider that because the the tape that he put out there was just to the point where it's like okay, can he do it in the in the regular season? Well, he did it for the last few games when Carson went down. So you can't take that from him. Is he going to have a bad game here and there? Of course, you know he's going to have a bad game here and there. But when you get to the playoffs, if that Nick Foles comes out, it's worth every dime because that's your chance. You might just win your ring here in Arizona. But we'll get into that. I know we're going to have to talk about the numbers. We're going to talk about who the quarterback's going to be here. But uh, a poll went up. Uh, earlier today on a couple of stations and I saw a 70% rate over 30 that they'd say that you would at least consider giving him a shot and I, I agree with that we'll be right back this is the casual sports show you're listening to it on NBC Sports Radio 1060 you want to be part of the show just go ahead and hit us up on Facebook casual sports or Earl Burnett or you can go ahead and uh Dial into the uh, website at www.nbcsports1060.com. Casual Sports Show will be right back. Catch the best of local and national sports talk right here on NBC Sports Radio AM 1060. Weekdays from 11 to 2 in the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. We now return to the Casual Sports Show on NBC Sports Radio AM 1060 with your host, Casual E. All right, we are back and welcome back in Bird Game. Got a question that I was pondering in my head after watching that Super Bowl. Uh, Nick Foles, was he or is he going forward a product of just the system that he is in with uh, his head coach, Doug Peterson? And that is a a pretty good question because he, he excelled in that system. But my point has been that has to be the truth because systems make quarterbacks. Systems make good quarterbacks. I mean, just take 
Bill Belichick and a backup quarterback, Tom Brady, who was a backup quarterback, made him into a star quarterback out of the system that he was running. And I get that argument from every last person that I debate about the Patriots with Brady and Belichick. Who's the one without the one? You can't have the other. Would the one be successful without the other? And I'm telling you right now how sports is set up. Tom Brady was not talk of the town coming out of college. He was not that first round, third round, second round pick that you were going to talk about bringing into your franchise and being the franchise quarterback. That was doesn't that, that wasn't how he was uh, brought in there uh, when he got drafted. He he was a backup quarterback. So could the same thing happen for Nick Foles? Can he go forward now in that same system? No, he's not going to put up the Super Bowls that Tom Brady's put up. Don't let's not get that crazy. But can he still be successful going forward? And uh, I heard a lot. I heard a lot of a lot of good takes about this earlier today, and and it's it's a good point. If he's not in that same system, is he going to be successful? Can you think? that he's going to go into another system and just do a totally different system and still be that successful? And the answer's got to be no, because he's familiar with this system, just like Brady has been for the last umpteenth years. So that's a pretty good example right there. A backup quarterback was made a star because of the system. And yeah, he perfected that system and he's put his talents with it and tweaked it and made it a lot better than it could have been probably. But still, the system made Tom Brady. 199th pick in the 2000 draft in the sixth round. Are you kidding me? That's enough said right there is the system. Bill Belichick is the man pretty much that can take any quarterback and throw him in that system. You've seen him do it with many different receivers. Take any receiver that goes down, put somebody in there to take the spot, and they just pick up where that person left off. Even a year when Brady was out, put a Matt Castle in there and he at least got them 11 games. No, he wasn't good enough to get him a Super Bowl because that wasn't Brady. But still, the system is successful. So, yeah, Nick Foles has to go to or stay in Philly or go to a team that's going to run that same system. And will the Cardinals run that system? I think Mike McCoy, if they go get this guy, would definitely have to consider changing the offense to look sort of like that Philly offense because he, he's got that thing. He's got that down pat. I'm sitting there. I thought he was going to fold in that game. At some point, he's going to come back to reality. I'm sitting there on the couch with my wife, and I'm telling her, okay, this is the part of the game when New England takes the lead, which they did, 33-32. to They're going to go ahead and take the lead, and the other team's going to start to panic, and they're going to not be able to do what they've been doing this whole game. She said, oh, really? I said, watch, because this is how it goes. And they just, I'm like, wow, this guy stood in there and battled that beast of experience and, and won the battle. So props to Foles and hopefully he'll, you know, he'll, he's going to, he's going to definitely get what's coming from him, you know, out of this performance, out of this whole postseason performance, he's definitely going to get paid somewhere, somehow. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully and his best bet would probably be staying in Philadelphia, but that's going to be too much of a price tag for that team to keep both those quarterbacks. Then Carson wins. I feel bad for him. Wow, you get how can you sit back watching a guy take your take your team, finish your job, and finish it and finish it off in that fashion. Now all you have is a ceiling. Do you have to come back and top that and win another Super Bowl? You have to. Otherwise, wow, maybe you're on the chopping block. Maybe we maybe somebody should be trying to maybe the Cardinals should be trying to put in a bid to go get Carson Wentz. 
from Philadelphia. Because if Foles is going to look like that, then, man, they got two dynamic quarterbacks that can run that system. And so somebody's going to be too much money and somebody has to go. But uh, New England Patriots, where are they headed? Um, are they are they are they going to be back here again? Or are are, is that team starting to show signs of breaking down, showing signs of 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 their age? Of course, we see Tom getting a little older and older. And is it is it showing signs? Because wouldn't it be ironic? Wouldn't it be really ironic if Brady his runs to these Super Bowls? His run to this this unbelievable dynasty that started with a tuck rule fumble. Wouldn't it be ironic if it ended with a fumble or somebody hitting him like that? And it's this whole New England thing just stops from here this point on. It would be kind of interesting to see if that happens, but I doubt it because they still have the same team, the same coaches coming back, the same quarterback, and the same tight end is coming back. So uh, AFC just needs to get a little bit stronger to battle that team. But I want to look at a few points in that game, you know, that made the biggest difference in that game. That was a pretty good game. Where's the defense at? I mean, the defense gave up. The Philly defense gave up. I mean, I'm sorry. The New England defense gave up uh, 538 yards. Philly's defense gave up. Oh, I got that backwards. It's 538 yards for the uh, Patriots. I mean, uh, Philly and then the Patriots gave up. 600 or so so we're talking 1115 total yards where on earth is the defense one punt one punt in the whole game one punt wow one sack that decided it of course so that was that now check this out the eagles had eight possessions that they uh, they had eight out of ten possessions that they scored points on and the patriots had um, 11 possessions and five of them that they didn't score points on. But two of those, two of those, one was where the half was ending and the other one was a missed field goal. So it's like, this was a track meet of a game. So four extra points and, and, a, and, or a two point conversion attempts were failed. And then you got 8.7 yards per attempt for Nick Foles throwing the ball and 10.5 for Brady throwing the ball. That is like unbelievable. Uh, The leader of the whole season that was having uh, yards per play was Drew Brees at 8.1. These both these guys come into one game and just throttled that and just made this game attract me to where it was so exciting. It was like all offense. So. I had a good time looking at it. I, I got to admit, I thought it was going to be a sleeper. I thought it was going to be a blowout, but I had a very good time enjoying that game. But one thing that made me concerned about the New England Patriots, what was going on in that game, I just started noticing, where the heck is Malcolm Butler at? I, I, I'm like, okay, maybe he just forgot some equipment or something and didn't come out, or maybe he got held out for one play. He did not play one defensive snap in that game. And then they had him playing on special teams, which the special teams wasn't on the field hardly in that game. One punt and a lot of, of course, kick returns because of the scoring. But he he didn't really get to do anything in that game. And something's going down in that situation that we're not being told because that doesn't make any sense to me for a coach of that caliber 
to not put the best players on the field. Because he's saying he was putting the best players on the field that was giving them the best chance to win. But he was excluding Butler for sure in that case. He was saying that with the thought that Butler was not part of that. Because there's no way you can say that those guys he put on the field was better than Malcolm Butler. No way. I mean, he didn't have that great of a season, but he still was the best corner on that team. And then you have your corner out there that you have out there road get torched by Alshon Jeffrey, and you still don't make the change. That was really weird to me. I'm going, okay, okay, uh, Chung gets hurt. I'm going, okay, we definitely about to see Butler come in. Nope, no Butler. Richardson comes in. I'm like, oh, my God, what is really something happened? Something went down. In my opinion, I don't know what, but something went down where he got disciplined got disciplined for and he must have crossed the line when it comes to Belichick and his ego or Belichick had been Belichick was making it clear I'm in control and you're not going to play and that's exactly how it looked because when the national anthem was being sung the way his reaction was is like he just found out it, it wasn't something that went down through the week he like he had just been told you're not playing today and he just broke down so whatever happened, that was wrong for him to come to do that. Probably whatever he did wrong, you bring the punishment all the way up to game day or game time, and you give him his punishment right then and there and let him know he's not playing. That's when you give him his punishment. That's just wrong. Now, I'm on the outside looking in. I don't know what Malcolm Butler done. I don't know what he could have done that to be that bad, but whatever it is, it must have pissed off uh, Bill Belichick, and he was not having it. So, I don't know. There's a lot of rumors going around lately now that somebody's saying they got some information about it, but I doubt it's, you know, you can't take that for a grain of salt. I mean, I don't, I don't listen to the rumors, but somebody's saying it's a, uh, a situation where he got caught with weed in his hand, uh, caught, caught with weed in the co- and then he got into it with some of the coaches and disrespected a lot of the coaches because they were trying to tell him why is this and why. But, you know, that's just speculation. But when you think about it, it would have to be something of that nature because no coach, no coach of that caliber that wins games the way he wins games is going to take that much talent off that football field, especially the way that game ended out with offense all up and down the field. Butler, like he said, I could have made a difference in that game. I believe he could have. He could at least take one of those receivers away. But, man, something went down. Something went down and – he didn't, he didn't like what he did. So we got to wait for more information for that to come out, but it's all hearsay from here on out. But um, I kind of fell for the, for the, for the guy. I mean, I know, I don't know what the insides are, what happened and who did what, but I just know that situation was bad. It didn't look good for that team. It didn't look good for the, for, 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 for any of them, but you got to let that guy go ahead and play the game because that's the Super Bowl. Now he's he's accountable to his teammates too. And now what does that say to his teammates when you take him off the field? You're saying you're giving up on us trying to win this game and do the best we can to win this game. And so what does that say for Belichick? Is he losing some respect in the locker room now? A lot of stuff going down in New England. So maybe this be one of those things where they start to go downhill. We always think that they end up right back on the top of the mountain. So. But you're listening to the Casual Sports Show here on NBC Sports 1060 AM. And uh, we got a lot more to talk about. Some free agency coming up. Um, what the heck is Washington doing with, with, with Kirk Cousins playing with his emotions, too? 
We're going to talk about that. Hang around. NBC Sports Radio Casual Sports Show will be right back. Every Monday through Friday, turn your dials to NBC Sports Radio AM 1060 from 2 to 3 p.m. As Uncle Buck, Shot Dog, and Polecat bring you for the love of the game. It's time to get back in the action with your host, Earl Burnett, a.k.a. Casual E, on the Casual Sports Show on NBC Sports Radio AM 1060. If you'd like to join the show, give us a call, 602-260-1060. Okay, so all the quarterbacks are slowly being kind of, well, the main ones that we were trying to go after. The Alex Smith talk ended abruptly last week when when Washington just decided to say, hey, we're not waiting. We're going to go after this guy and get the guy we know going to bring us to the next level. And they went in and gave this man a fat contract. Uh, somewhere in the range of like $85, $84 million over five years, 71 guaranteed. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? It just came out of nowhere and just pretty much blew up the Arizona Cardinals' hopes of trying to get Alex Smith. And I know a lot of people were saying that that's where we were headed and trying to go in that direction. And we were uh, reportedly in that sweepstakes. But, of course, some reason we never ever 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 drop the biggest uh price tag and get the guy we never get that high price guy and so now i don't know where all the talk of kirk cousins coming in that we're going to be in that sweep state why would we be anywhere near that when we can't even get alex smith and forward in that price tag kirk cousins going to come with a greater greater price tag than that so he's way too way too expensive especially when you're talking about having other pieces on your team that you need. Uh, we, why bring in any, any signal caller in here if you can't sure up that offensive line? So if you don't have any money to, f- to make the offensive line any better and sure up a few linebacking positions, uh, some, a little bit more pass rush, I know we got Golden coming back, but still, you got other, other positions that you need help in and putting it all in a quarterback, it wouldn't be smart, so... Kirk Cousin, I don't think he's going to come here. I mean, no way. And why is this? I don't know why. What's wrong with Arizona? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Why does everybody always detour away from us? I'm hearing, I'm hearing uh, talks that, oh, Kirk Cousin says he's the team he wants to play for. Why is it never Arizona? It's always some other team because we know that's it's not going to happen for us. But it never does. Uh, they say he wants to go to Minnesota. I'm like, okay, well, that's probably where he'll end up. Maybe not Minnesota, but wherever he goes, we know it's not going to be in the desert because, uh, first of all, the price tag, it's not its not going to happen. So who's the cheapest guy out there now for us to go after? And we still have too many questions right now. We still have questions on what offense we're running. What, 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 we don't have any of those questions answered, but who's out there cheap? on the cheap, on the cheap where you can get them and still have some productivity. And I'm telling you, my, I see two guys, and everybody's going to probably hit me all up on Facebook and hit me all up, but I see two guys that I think would fit what I think Steve Wilkes would want to run. Yeah, I know Mike McCoy's our offensive coordinator, but I think Steve Wilkes wants another offense that look a little bit like Carolina's offense. Some quarterback that could run that read option. A quarterback that could be a double threat. That would be the ideal offense for what he's come from. 
And there's only two guys that I think that can run that offense that I would go after right now. And you want to make that offense look as close to Carolina and Cam Newton as you want as possible. So Teddy Bridgewater would be ideal in that situation. And yes, I'm going to say the CK word that everybody doesn't want to hear. Colin Kaepernick would be perfect for that offense. So would Steve Wilkes be that type of guy to give him that opportunity? Probably not. I don't know. But will he fit that that offense run, running read option and being a double threat? Oh, yes. He would fit that that offense perfectly. So um, let's not kid ourselves. We all know what really took place with that situation. Come on now. Colin Kaepernick is not a bad quarterback to the point where he's just, oh, he's so, so sorry. and He's so bad that we nobody wants him on their team that he, he's just that bad of a quarterback. That's in that. That's 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 crap. We know that that man can play this game. We know that that man can still be a big threat in this league. So get over the get over the hump of what took place last year and let that man play. So I would love to have him in this system here in Arizona. But that's just me. I'm pretty sure Fitz would love to have him. I'm pretty sure a lot of people on that team would love to have him. But let's see what happens. But Teddy Bridgewater would be my first choice. And if you want dead cheap, you got Colin Kaepernick sitting there. This other stuff, Bradford and 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 and, and Josh McCown, all oh, that's just a waste of time to me. It's just a waste of uh, where are we going? We're just going in circles. So Let's get dynamic. Let's just get to a point where, okay, if one thing's not working, we can go to another thing. Hey, read option, run, get him out of the pocket, run. Let's get David Johnson giving him a triple threat with David being able to catch out of the backfield and do the same thing off the read option. I mean, it's, it would be dying to get, get something dynamic going here where we can compete in this division. That's, that's what I say. But, of course, the money's going to do the talking. And of course, you know how it is when we spend our money here, we're going to have the cheap and we're going to have, let's just get this guy and see if we can protect him the best. And let's see if we can go with the best guy. And we're going to end up with a, with a Sam Bradford type or a Josh McCown type. So, um, that's just how I see that. And I don't, I definitely like you guys heard me say before the draft, a lot of different reviews on the draft. Everybody's saying a good draft class. Everybody's saying not so good draft class. I don't see superstar in this draft class. Uh, a quarterback could come out, yes, that would be serviceable that you can keep under a guy for two two years or so and become a pretty good quarterback in whatever system you're running. But I don't see that, oh, we got to get that guy, dynamic guy. I, I, I don't see that. I think that would be uh, a risk, and it'd be like you're just, you're just getting that take. You're taking that guy on hype. But we got to um, get away from the uh, – Cardinals for a second and um, hopefully that situation will start to uh, go down soon enough because we got to get the offense got to get put together so we got to have a signal caller in here at some point so Nick Foles should be on the list just to look at may not be a, a go but he would be on the cheap too cheaper than a Kirk Cousin that's for sure so uh, Nick Foles may not be able to run. He can run that read option too. He can run the same thing. So somebody that's going to give you another dynamic in this offense, in our offense, to give us uh, more options on offense. That that would be the best guy for me. So Foles, Teddy Bridgewater, and go ahead and dig Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick up out of the dang grave that they put him in. I mean, come on now. Give that man a chance to play. But let's switch gears to the Hall of Fame game. They finally, the Hall of Fame class, 
they, they finally get right. And um, this is going to be the youngest Hall of Fame class in history. And it is a dynamic class. I mean, I tell you, this, this, these players is like, wow. I mean, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, Brian Erlacher, Terrell Owens, Brian Dawkins, Bobby Beathard, and Jer- Jerry Kramer and Robert Brazil. Those, I mean, that, that whole class, man, the, the first one, two, three, four, five dominated the NFL. I mean, Ray Lewis was dominant. Randy Moss, dominant. Erlacher, dominant. T.O., dominant. Brian Dawkins, safety, dominant. I mean, these guys were amazing, and they're all in one class. That is amazing how they got that to work like that. But what I'm really happy about is that they finally, finally stopped the madness and let T.O. in the Hall of Fame where he belongs. I mean, he should have been there first year, but they wanted to throw the punishments out there. The NFL's always got something to do with throwing some punishment out there for somebody. I mean, the Hall of Fame is based on performance. It has nothing to do with anything else outside of what he did on that field. And he's the number two guy behind Jerry uh, in in yardage. I mean, you can't overlook that. So how long was it going to take for them to, to get him in there? And there's no way they could let Randy in there and pass him up another year. So that, that, I think they got it right. So congratulations to T.O. And he deserves it. He deserved it a year ago. But uh, I'm glad he got in. I'm, I'm really, really glad he got in because um, it would have been a devastating thing to see him, to watch Randy go in there, knowing that T.O., knowing that he's has better numbers than him and arguably better than him because of, you know, just depending on who you are or who you like. But still, I mean, I'm glad they got it right. So congratulations to that draft class. And uh, August 4th would be the enshrinement. And uh, that's going to be one. They better get some really, really, really long-winded. Oh, give them more time because it's going to be a long, long, long night listening to especially Ray Lewis talk, especially T.O. talk, especially – Randy talk. I mean, Brian's going to Brian Dawkins is probably going to keep him up there for a while. So it's going to be an exciting night to watch those guys. And it's going to be really interesting to see what order they put them in, because any one of those guys can be the last guy. They're all pretty dynamic. But this has been a wonderful show. And uh, the Super Bowl was a good Super Bowl to end the year with. That was our last game in NFL. And of course, we know the season is still going on. It actually ends. It starts Tuesday. Even though the Philadelphia Eagles are celebrating in the streets and having their parade, Tuesday, tomorrow morning, next season gets right to work. So uh, we got a lot of bird gang stuff coming up, getting ready for the next season. A lot of events going down. And I will keep you all posted. I will keep you all engaged in the Cardinals' doings. And I know you got a lot of places you can listen to, but... Right here in the Casual Sports Show, we're going to be out there in the fields with you, trying to get you involved and keep you entertained and keep you engaged with what the Cardinals are doing. This is the NBC Sports Radio in 1060 AM. This is the Casual Sports Show. We will catch you next week, Bird Gang. Out. Out.